And we're live. Welcome back to Keepers of the Word. You're here with Mike and James. We've put together a great show for you today about Noah. I guess we're continuing this biblical chapter that we started. But before we get into it, I'd like to thank our fans, our fans and lodges that help and follow and sponsor and pretty much support us this whole time. James. Make sure to follow all of our social media outlets, Twitch being our favorite, and Discord. Hit the subscribe button and turn off the notifications to stay up to date with our new content. The views and topics of Keepers of the Word are solely our opinions and do not reflect the opinions of any Masonic Grand Lodge or Lodge. All right, James. Well, <clears throat> I believe the last time we left off on Noah. So let's start on Noah, right? His birth. His, Go for his, it. his birth. Okay, hold on here. So his birth. Well, he was born about 3044 BC. That's a, that's a pretty long time ago, right? Um, so during his birth, basically, Lamech, his, who his father is, was gone. He was traveling, doing his things that he, he does. Uh, they really don't say what he was doing, but most likely he was tending to stuff and, and traveling with a, a huge entourage of people. You know, when they talk about these individuals in the Bible, um, they were kind of wealthy. They had sheep, they had cows, and they had the help, you know, so they, they had employment of, of individuals. So they were like a small army running around. Um, so he was running around doing his stuff. Uh, his son was born, or Noah uh, was born. And it's, it's pretty cool. So I'm going to read this a little passage here. And the wife of Lamech conceived and bare him a son at that time, at the revolution of the year. So here we find out that Noah is born of the new year, which is pretty cool. Um, he was born a new year. This is kind of significant because he's also ushering in a new era. You know, when he comes about and what he does in the future, um, issues in a whole new world. At least that's that's the whole concept of the flood. It was to wipe away the profane and and the things that were going about that uh, you know the god or gods didn't like, depending on what version of the the Bible or the version of the story you're reading, what viewpoint I should say. So when he was born, you know there was uh, midwives there and and stuff like that and doulas and they're being born and when he pops out of his his mom Elisha. Um, I'm sorry, and took a, a Shuma. So a Shuma was his, his mother. Um, when she popped him out, uh, he lit up the room like it was daytime. And everybody gasped and took a couple of steps back. Some people said the room was too bright. And they knew right away that this was not an ordinary child. His skin was uh, pale. Uh, his eyes were blue. You know, they're radiant. His hair was white, like snow, like wool. Um, he was just, he looked completely different. You know, these are desert dwelling area, you know, people in the, the land that they were in. And so they were darker skinned because they're baking in the sun all day, you know. So him coming out like that, they knew right away. I mean, it's so profound that when Lamech shows up, um, he's flabbergasted he's completely shocked and he turns to his wife and he says whose son is this who have you laid with while i was gone 
And she's like, I have laid with no man. Mm. I mean, that just says it right there, right? Instead mm-hmm. of her going like, oh, I, I didn't do anything. I didn't cheat on you. I didn't lay with anybody. She says, I laid with no man. And he goes, clearly you did not because he looks so different. I mean, th- the housemaids like ran. They left. And they're spreading the word now. So the town's hearing about this, that she slept with a fallen or an angel or something like that. And so he's, you know, Lamech is so confounded that uh, he wants to go speak to his father. And his father says, dude, you got to go talk to your grandfather. He goes to Methuselah. Methuselah's like, well, you're going to call him Noah, you know, and you're going to call him Noah because he's going to usher in a new, new age and this and that. So he goes, well, I want to talk to grandfather. He's like, well, grandfather's at the end of the earth. And it depends on what version you're you're reading. But uh, he goes and he visits Enoch, which is kind of cool because Enoch's not supposed to be around. So how did he actually transpire to to meet him? Did he go somewhere else in the plane? You know, they said that he was at the edge of the world where the water fell off, which is pretty cool. Um, There's a couple places on the planet that uh, you can – that would kind of match that, you know, because there's no edge of the world. So there's Niagara Falls, which would be one of them. Uh, the other one, I forget what falls this is, but it's in Africa. And most likely is where he went because they said that that was the edge of the world was Africa. Um, and that's where the edge was at because that was the Abzu, the world of the dead. So you can go down there and they were mining there all the time. That's why they called it the dead because these people lived in the ground basically and would pull stuff out. But he lit up the room. He left the room, freaked everybody out. He went to go see his grandfather, and he says, yo, man, this guy's going to be a big deal. You have to usher him in and, and you know help him out. So that's the birth of Noah, was basically, most likely, he was a Nephilim. Just like uh, all the other giants, he was bigger than some of them, and he was clearly different. He looked different um, from his hair to his skin to his eyes. Everything was different. That's what I got on him being born. Now, when he when Lamech dies, it's only Methuselah and Noah on the mountain now. All the children of Seth have been gone. They're, they've, they went down to the skirts of the mountain. So how, how long do you think he was there with Methuselah? And what do you think happened between them? There's not, I mean, so you have a couple different versions of the story. You have a version where Noah is already off the mountain. Um, you have a version where Noah is born on the mountain, and he's there as a child um, until he's at least an adolescent, and then he's off the mountain. So there's a lot of different versions, and nothing is solid. But what we do know is that he was hanging out with giants. Um, he was walking, talking, learning. Um, he learned all kinds of stuff from them, and he was with them. Um, and when I say that he was hanging out with them, he wasn't like, hey, gee, guys, can I hang out? No, no, they welcomed him. Um, they considered him a friend um, so much that when one of the giants had their this this, this famous dream of this stone uh, tablet or stone pillar with all the names of the giants or the fallen – or not the fallen, I'm sorry, the Nephilim that were on there, um, this big wave comes and washes away the majority of the names – there's only like a handful left. And they kept having this dream and they they flipped out. So they go to, to Noah and they ask him, we need you to 
interpret this dream because you are in the good graces of God. We are not. So we need you to be the mediator between us and God because you're half with us and you're half over there. They, they clearly state this over and over and over. Um, yeah, man. So he was hanging out with them. He goes and he tries to, you know, ask God, what does this mean? And what, what is this? He contemplates this and it's like, hey, you know, there's a flood coming for all the iniquities in the world that you guys have brought here. You taught man war. You taught him how to make swords. You taught him how to cu- conduct war. Uh, you taught women how to put blush and ruse on their face to show that they were uh, ready to copulate when they when they weren't. Uh, they would always be in a state of ready to be frisky, so to speak. You know that they were open and ready for it. You know you you cause all these things to happen that weren't supposed to happen in this order. Almost, you know, it's it's like God was always going to teach us this, but not in this order, or not for those things. You know, be like they were perverted. So he goes and he dissects this stuff and, you know, he breaks it down and comes back and tells them and they flip out. Well, what can we do? Can we give offerings to God? Can we stop this? Can we change this? And then you, you kind of get that panic. Like imagine if they announced today there's a meteor coming towards the planet. It's going to hit the planet and it's going to blow up the planet. There's nothing we can do. What do you think is going to happen? Panic. Panic. Chaos. Anarchy, right? Because what? Who cares? Right? Well, I mean, didn't they just do a really dumb movie on Netflix? I have yet to watch it. <laughs> and like if the you that, it was so ridiculous. But guess what? Actually pretty good. That's probably what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. Right. I still have to watch it. Um, so, you know, people were panicking. People were kind of doing their own thing. And then Noah's like, no, you know, we got to go do this. And, you know, I know how to save my family, you know. And then we get to the Ark and, you know, the Ark, it, it oh, varies. Before the Ark, yes. you, have, you have Methuselah kind of guiding Noah. And then when Methuselah, Methuselah dies, he's, he's very, he's in a lot of sorrow because he knows that this he is, is the it. last one. Right. It's, this is it. This is it. And they're going to, they're no longer going to be on that mountain. And the, the further they're going away from the mountain, the, the farther source. they are from, from God. You know? Correct. So when Noah was speaking to these watchers, how was that relationship? How did that begin? The watchers always spoke to the sons of Adam. Always. They never stopped. They were always there every day. And maybe some of the children wouldn't speak to them, but they were there. And they were watching, literally doing the job. Some of them were watching to protect them. I'm not going to bullshit you here. Some of them wanted to go back to heaven. So they would try. They would do these things, you know, um, tribute, protection, whatever they could. Um, And, you know, unfortunately, some of them just got eaten up by the other watchers that weren't part of it. Some said, screw this. I'm out of here. And they just, they went to another part of the planet and they started their own thing. You know, they became some demigod somewhere in some other country and wanted nothing to do with it because it's like, I can't get back and I don't want to do what they're doing. I fell because it was part of the war. Because you have to imagine when that war happened, you know, when it kicked them out, it wasn't like, okay, everybody take a ticket. You're the the ones that are going. You know, a third of heaven fell with the first fall. That's a lot. And the second fall there's an unnumbered amount 
some people, some people, some of the angels left. They didn't fall. They left because they saw what was wrong. Something's wrong, you know? So they just kind of walked away from it all, kind of like, correct. Can't, can't do this. They were booted. They got booted because they chose, right? They chose. They chose to leave and not go with, with uh, Lucifer or with Semyaza. And in some cases, Semyaza is Lucifer. You know, it just depends on, on who it is. You know, that, that was a long time ago. It's a long game of telephone, and we just don't have that information. Um, Especially when you have those people that like to burn things, like books throughout history. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Alexandria. I, if I can go back and change something, it would be that, Mike. It would be the uh, Library of Alexandria. That literally put us into the Stone Age, dude. It was insane, the amount of things that were lost in that. Um, I always forget this guy, too, that, that ran in the building while it was burning to save stuff. And the last time he went in, he didn't come out. And it's like, yeah. he's the freaking hero, and nobody talks about him. It was some, some Greek name. I, don't, I forget his name. But that guy was on fire when he came out with scrolls, and he didn't put himself out. He went back for more. On fire. He's like, we need to save this information. Yeah, I mean, that's dedication. <laughs> At all costs. That's a freaking hero. At all um, costs, man. So what were they doing, Mike? You know, I, I that's a question that I've thought about uh, a lot over many years. There's something there. Like, when, when I read that other ones that just, they left, like, whoa, dude. Like, they see God. They see it. You know, and then some of them aren't close to God. But they can see, still see the light emanating from him. You know, they're so far away. You know, they're not up close. But they hear it. They get the trickle from it, you know. And they still decided because they saw something was flawed. And I don't care how you look at it, what religion you are, you're atheist or not or what have you. You're looking at a story with a system that's in place of absolute that fell apart. And that's literally what it was. He had his own generals, his own army, the closest things to him said that he wasn't right. And I'm speaking about God. That he wasn't right, and they decided to do something about it. It wasn't just, oh, man, he, he's wrong. He didn't, he didn't do this, or he broke his word. He broke his commandment. Well, let's talk to him about it. And maybe they did, but it got to the point where they, it was an uprising. That's what you need to realize. That you had these angels that were made by God to work for God, to utterly, you know, and they say that, oh, the angels didn't have choice. Yeah, they did. You sure did. They say they don't, but they did because they decided to leave or to rise up against God. Something about the the decisions he was making, they didn't seem to trust him as a leader anymore. Right. Well, you had Lucifer who was his absolute judge, judge right, to judge everybody. And as soon as he you know, had him going, he turned on God and said, hey, buddy, that goes for you too, man. You just broke that law. And God goes, oh, no, 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 no. Do as I say, not as I do. And <laughs> that you, you find time and time again in the Bible. Um, if there's anybody out there that would like to disprove me on that, I welcome that any, any, any day. Well, I mean, parents literally still tell their kids that of every course. day. <laughs> of course. Look at it. The greatest gift as a parent that you have is to lie to your child. Okay, we're all guilty of it. I'm a father. Sometimes you cannot go to the park every freaking day. 
You can't. There's things you got to go do. You got to go to the grocery store. And Toys R Us is closed. They're under remodel. You know, they're remodeling. You know, we can't go there every day, man. We just can't. So you got to make these little white lies. Well, you know, Lucifer would have been the older sibling that was whispering to everybody else, that's ah, bullshit, man. It's fucking open, buddy. So when, did, when did Noah start getting all of this information to start building the ark? So Noah was about a 609 years old uh, when the flood happened. Um, how long he was building. So Noah was always, even when he came off the mountain, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. People fought, people, uh, fallen and angels alike would hang around him. Um, we hear that when he is creating the ark, once he does, excuse me, what's, um, oh, he was, you know, Mike, you were talking about, uh, Earlier in a small discussion we had, this uh, eight cities, uh, Noah was up in those cities. Noah went and walked and talked with them, and he would go see everything that was being built. And you know, he he lived outside of that to try to be pious, but um, he was there. He was communicating with them. He was trading with them because you you had to. You know, it's just life. You know, what I'm saying it. You can be the most pious person on earth, but you have to step outside your house and go to the grocery store and go do all those things. And I'm not saying it was a grocery store back then, but, you know, people going to come knocking on your door and want to trade with you or do something with you, you know? You know, he built uh, an ark, and we all know how big the ark was. You think he just did that by himself? You know, he, he didn't do it by himself. And they go, oh, he had angels helping him. He had all this and this and that. And he had the book of Radiance, you know, the, the book of Adam that they gave to him, all the instructions and the math and geometry and and everything, and the, uh, the alignments, and how to read the alignments to know when the flood was going to happen, because all the the um, ferments, they're just a huge celestial clock, and they told him when this was going to happen, he was always watching that. So Noah did astronomy and astrology and all that stuff, and he had all that stuff down, and that's what he would do. Um, so he was about 600 years old. I mean, it would take him a, quite a while to build that ark. Um, they say he had help. There was angels there and Nephilim there. So I wouldn't doubt that he had some Nephilim, you know, Nephilim, uh, picking stuff up and building stuff. We know that there was two Nephilims on the ark. People don't Wasn't talk. Og one of them? Og, King Og was on there. Uh, King Og was always about himself. Uh, King Og. Oh, King Og of, uh, Bashan, the city of Bashan. He, um... He uh, liked to boast, you know, he was really about himself, and he just wanted to live. He wanted to be famous, you know, he had that that twinkle in his eye. Um, so basically, he wanted on the ark, and he would come attempt, how can I get on? How can I pay you? How can I do this? He was like, no, man, you can't, you can't, you can't. And um, what ends up happening, the day comes, and King Og is in the forest right outside of the ark. He's like, you know what? I can't get inside, but I can get on top of that damn thing. I'm going to ride that thing like a boogie board, man. Um, <clears throat> so he held on to the the anchor, the ballasts. And some some it's the anchor, the more current ones, are, you know, we get more towards Christendom, it's an anchor. And the other ones, they were ballasts or heavy stones that were on the outside of the ark that they would use to anchor down. Because think about it, there's a flood, man. Things are moving. It's not like he's just in calm waters. So, you know, there's different versions, which we can get into in a little bit. Uh, versions of the Ark being a rectangle, being the classic Ark that everybody saw. 
William Blake said it was a crescent moon, and there's a he did a lot of work with the moon arc. Isn't there some story saying it's a cube? Cube, yeah, there's a cube. Yeah, so we get back to Sumerian stuff. You get the cube, and you had Inky, who was the one who whispered through a reed hut into Noah's ear about what was going to happen because, you know, she laid with no man, but here comes a god running to save Noah. So probably who she had sex with was Inky because Inky was known for doing that, and Inky had a lot of sons. Everybody thinks that Gilgamesh was Inky's son, half-son, because Inky uh, acted the way he did, and Gilgamesh just duplicated exactly what Inky did. Except he was half God. He was a demigod, you know? What part God am I? I want to know what part God. And it turned out to be he was one-third. They finally figured out he was one-third, and one day he would die. He said, like, how long do I have to live? Do I live 5,000 years, or do I live 2,000? They go, well, you're one-third. And then, you know, how long is that? He, he didn't know either. But that's that's what he got, you know? Um, So, yeah. King Og was on the outside on the anchor or the ballasts. And it depends on which ones you go into Talmud, Midrash, the Quran. Uh, the Quran mentions Noah 40, 43 times. So he is in there. People are like, no way, he's in the Quran? Pick up a book, man. Go read the damn thing. Uh, you can read it on your phone. I got the Quran and the Bible on my phone for references and Googling stuff, you know, researching stuff. Um, but there was another giant that was on the, the pilot and I always forget his name. Um, for the lack of me here, I do not have it with me. But he was a pilot. And uh, he was a pilot and he was moving stones. It says he would adjust stones or move stones. And when he did, the the arc would go up or down or left or right. And that's probably in reference to him moving around ballasts. So if anybody knows about boats and you have a big, huge boat, you got to make sure you're even with the weight. Otherwise, you go topsy-turvy, and uh, you may sink, you may float a little bit, depending on how much you got. You're taking on water where you don't need that much stone no more because you got water there. You know, So they would you know, throw rocks over or whatever they were using for ballast. Um, I went into a whole search thing when I was, I don't know, I think I was like 17. I got hooked on the whole anchor thing and why the word was different and it would change. So I went into the whole lineage of anchors. And boy... That goes back really far. Was that was that you and Borough Groves? Uh, that was before Borough Groves, uh, oddly enough. That's when I was in my w- really weird days, man. Borough Groves. Mm. Yes. Um, yes, Noah needed DoorDash. Yes, he needed DoorDash, Borough Groves. Um, but yeah, they would make, uh, basically get a round rock as round as they could and chip it away and make a hole in it. So it kind of looked like a donut. And then they would do... Um, uh, lashings through it. And then sometimes they would, when they finally got a drill, they would make multiple holes in it so the rope can go through multiple times and become a little bit more intricate. Um, but they would toss it over the side. There's a bunch off the coast of PV, Palos Verdes, uh, that are Chinese stone weights or stone anchors that are there from way, way before uh, the dum dum that. Sailed the ocean from, blue. from when people weren't supposed to be here. Uh, yeah, correct. Yeah, because <laughs> Columbus discovered America, and nothing happened here before then. Sure. Yeah, so before he sailed the ocean blue in 1492, uh, the Chinese were coming here all the way down to um, Brazil and South America and Argentina. So there's all these same words about canoes and lashings and anchors that are Chinese 
that are in Brazil. Fun fact. The places knowledge takes you. Um, yes. So I can't think of the guy's name, but he was on board too. But he was working with Noah. Like he was in the ark and working with Noah. Um, so some other references since we're talking about that and the giants and stuff, just to let you know kind of different versions of Noah. You have uh, Gnosticism and the Apocryphon of, uh, Apocryphon of John. Uh, the chief archon, which is an angel, uh, caused the flood. Uh, which he'd be kind of God. Uh, he caused the flood. But the first thought, which would be basically like the Trinity, uh, which is an aspect of God. So the first thought really would be Lucifer, really, um, informed Noah of the flood. So Noah's family is saved and many other people hid with the family. Uh, roughly about 40 plus people were on the ark with Noah which would be his entourage, like I talked about before, like Lamech and everybody. They had an entourage. They had all the help, you know. And then also when you're roaming around and you got other people out there, you got to have a crew because you're getting robbed. So uh, they hid with the family from the flood from the unshakable race, which if you guys follow the show, you clearly know who that would be. That would be the Nephilim or the Nephilim uh, that were around in those days. They were able to grab a bird from out of the air and eat it because they were a little bit, little bit big. Uh, but they hid by hiding inside of a bright cloud. Pretty cool. I hope this entices you guys to go read Gnostic writings or Pisces Sophia. If you guys want to switch it up and read stuff, uh, if you guys want to see where the Matrix came from, the movie Matrix was 100% written off the Gnostic writings. So you mm. have, you know... Morpheus is like John the Baptist and stuff like that. So you can go check that stuff out. Um, so what else do we have? We have that. We have um, the Gnosticism. Uh, Noah finding land and leaving the ark. So you want to talk about that? We talk about him uh, letting all the birds go. Everyone's like, oh, it was mm-hmm. a dove. It was a dove. So he let it go ravens, a bunch of ravens, a bunch of other birds. And they would come back with different things. So it's not just a dove. That's just a classic dumbed-down version, you know, layman's version, is the, the dove. The dove came back with an olive branch. and that's, that's Oh, that's why it's peace now. Why is it peace, you know? Um, the last time I think the Pope let go of a dove, a raven came and killed it in mid-flight and right in front of everybody, and it was really cool. Ooh. I'm not lying. You guys can Google this. And everybody Ew, goes, Odin. the meme, the meme is, the meme <laughs> and is, Odin smiled. Yeah, the meme is literally, and Odin smiled, or score one for Odin. And I thought it was really cool. Um, I was going to post it, but, you know, people get mad at me for my posts, which as people I get, get older, you, I'm sorry? People get mad at you. They get mad at me. I get in trouble, but as I grow older and more unapologetic, uh, I just don't care anymore, man. I just, I can't stop being me, you know? Because if that was the case, you're a grown man. Yeah, if that was the case, those people wouldn't be upset and they would grow out of themselves, right? But they're not doing what I'm trying to do, so (laughs) might as well just do me. Uh, What else we got? We got um, uh, this is something I want to talk about really quick. Is according to many Hebrew scholars, the true name of the hero of the flood would be Enoch. So this is where we get. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. So, whoa. So we have a lot of stories that are attributed to Noah that are identical with 
Enoch or are most likely 100% Enoch. So we get to uh, Noah's vineyard. So when he he plants a vineyard right after uh, landing the ark and he gets drunk and he drinks spirit and he's enveloped by spirit and he's intoxicated by spirit, however they want to pronounce it or write it out there. Um, but the vineyard, we, we talked about this before, about Enoch and his big silver helmet, which we get the Hermes helmet from. And when he's leaned over, he want perfected. He want, I'm sorry? He's very naked in his vineyard. Uh, well, he's naked after being with spirit. Okay. So he's drunk. It gets hot like any good drunk, and he takes off his clothes. But uh, he takes off his clothes to, uh, to um, you know, he's in his tent. They say he's in his tent or his dwelling and uh, he knocks out and he gets drunk and, you know, the sons are like, hey, man, it's morning. We got to go wake up Noah. It's like, I don't want to do it, man. What if he's naked? Or he's grumpy in the morning, you know? And, uh, yeah, I think we have a picture up right now of Noah. Yeah, so Noah basically, he's in his dwelling and he's asleep and he's not waking up. And they're, they're afraid that some, he's hurt, something's wrong. Maybe he died because he's he's old at, the, at this point. He's like 610. So they're like, well, who's going to go in there? Well, you go in there. Well, I don't want to go in there. You do it. So they draw straws, literally. They draw straws. And they go in there. And Ham has to go in there. And uh wasn't too good for him because Noah was naked and he had to wake him up. And Noah's like, you saw my nakedness. So, you know, that's an allegory in itself where he becomes drunken with spirit. Uh, speaks in tongues, does all these different things, depending on what version you're you're reading. Um, but his sons go and do that. It, it's kind of like you should never see your father naked is a big, huge thing. Because we talked about before about the children of, of Cain, what they were doing with, with Lucifer and, and all these other fallen angels. And the father did not see a daughter or a son, right? We talked about that. And he laid with whoever he wanted to. So there's a huge distinction on why you should not lay with your father or mother uh, because the lineage would not continue because it may go on for two or three more generations and just become mutated and warped and inbred and then die. So, you know, that's one of them, you know, besides all the regular gross stuff (laughs) that the majority of people are not cool with, which... Yeah, this is not cool. I mean, it's your mom. I know, man. It's kind of it's kind of weird, you know. Your mom, back back dude. back in the day, that's just how they rolled. So, at least for that portion of people on the planet. So, um, so yeah. What you got, Mike? So I'm at the point where we're talking about the vineyard of Noah, and to add to what you were saying. When Ham does walk in and he sees his father naked, he laughs at him. Yeah. He makes fun of him. And Noah curses him. Well, he's pissed. Because yeah, he has a hangover, he's right? naked, and, you know, he's not in the but, best shape because he's 610 years old, we, man. Is Ham laughing at him because he is a giant and he is different than they are? Most likely. Right? Most like, likely. Whoa, look, because that think about leg, it. Bro? They say, they say, <laughs> They say that he's clearly different, right? And up to this point, you know, he would be covered. He would be covered. Like maybe what? He took his shirt off? You know, if that, when he was building the ark, he's all hot and sweaty with his shirt off or something, swinging a hammer. But um, yeah, he just looks different. 
And what's crazy in this curse, right? He curses them. Why didn't he just say, get out? You dumb dumb or punch him or something. Um, You know, it's just what happened with that? And then when he curses them, he doesn't curse him. He curses his children in the land of Canaan. Yeah, land of Canaan. Right. Everyone's always Canaan. It's not Canaan. It's Canaan. Shut up. It's Canaan. You know, you're 100% right, Mike. It is what it is. Stop trying to get away from what that. Yeah, stop trying to get away from that. So you're right, Mike. It's Canaan. Land of Canaan. It's Canaan. It's Canaan. Land of Cain. Um, so he curses that, you know? And who knows what that alludes to, because I guarantee you we are missing scripture uh, of the in-between of what's taking place. So did he go in there and curse the Canaanites because of what they do with their family? And he comes in and sees them naked, and that's what Noah thinks? Is this what you're trying to do? And he does that? There's nothing to allude to that except for the stories. It makes most sense, right? Right. That's why he's like... That's why he curses it because now you saw me naked and this is maybe it was awkward, you know. You saw my fandangler and I'm I know, like, and it was the morning time, you know. Who knows, man? It yeah. gets really awkward, Old really, you know really quick. What that thing looked like? Who knows, you dude? Six hundred ten years old, Weird. half nephilim, <laughs> something. Why is it moving? It's Whoa. dancing. Put it away. So mesmerizing. <laughs> you know who knows what so took then, place. We get to the death of Noah. Go for it. We're at the death, and this is where it's kind of like. I will give you context, health, and then you fill it. here because Shem, Ham, Japhet, all of these guys know that after this. That's it. That's it. It's there's, it. There's, there's no going back to the cave of treasures. There's no. No, they can't get back. that. No, no they, they can't get back. Physically cannot get back. So just give you some guys some context here for the fans. Noah is 950 years old when he passes. So this is 350 years after the flood. Okay? And Noah is literally, literally um, the last of the long, long years. He's the last one. And he's supposed to be. Like, now this is where all the years start dwindling. So after this, you see people, I think it's like only 800 or something is the next one. I think maybe it skips Lamech. Or you you mentioned it on one of the other episodes. Who who was like, all of a sudden, just there's a peak in it. He's, yes. He's like now the, the, the lifespan starts to dwindle little by little. Little by little. And... Going back to what we recommended, what what we said in the past in regards to the Cave of Treasures and Adam's body, mm-hmm. right? So Noah, when he dies, he tells Shem, hey, you need to take the body. The body. Right. You need to get it out so of here. These are the instructions. For it. Yeah, the, is, exactly. These are the instructions that is passed from mouth to ear, from father to son. And that is the charge that is actually passed. That if you do not do this, we are fucked. Like if they get that, like we're fucked, and it's it's you're going to be cursed. Like something negative is really going to happen. Something very negative. So you know they're just trying to preserve Adam because he's already been messed with. They already messed with the body that one one time that we know of. You know. Yeah. Um. So that he passes, it's the same thing like like what we read or what we talked about on, on other shows. 
you know, when, when they start passing down from, from mouth to ear what to do with the body of Adam. How do we bury it? How, uh, how do we move it? How to, there was even how to carry it, you know? And um, I think Adam was larger than most of what, what we are today. Because, I mean, if you look at it statistically, excuse me, statistically, we have been shrinking. I got Brian to my right right here, and he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty freaking tall, right? And then we got Mike, too. Yeah. And we got Mike. And Mike, you're tall. You're, you're, how tall are you, Mike? 6'3". Six, 6'3". Three. Six, three. Brian? Andrew's not exactly small. I'm six. You're six, Brian. Uh, Andrew, how tall are you? Six two. Six two. Okay, so I'm five seven on a good day. So screw you guys. But a good day. on a good day, right, right, right. I'm a tippy test. So you know, humans started to shrink. You know, and then it, from an from a, an archaeological point of view, there's Neanderthal that is Cro-Magnon man. Neanderthal was robust. He was huge. He was bigger, he was denser, thicker. Um, and then Cro-Magnon Man was slim, thin, mobile, fast, and he had a brain. And that's why we started killing off Cro-Magnon Man and mixing in. There is a lot of evidence that they were not only eating us, but um, having babies with us. So, Like orcs and hurukai. <laughs> uh I'm going to go with that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is not wrong. Um, but yeah, you know, they started mixing. So there's evidence of that. So here we have a story that's a, a story of humankind that's being passed down. And then we have science that's backing that. And, you know, I just can't wait for one day for both to meet and to acknowledge each other and to just blow our minds. We're going to learn so much once once we pass that, that uh, hypocrisy of... Magic and religion versus science. It's the so same Shem, thing, dude. Shem ends up getting Adam's body and takes yeah. him to Golgotha. Right. Now, we hear this place many times in the Bible. Really? So, can, can, do you know what it means? Skull. That's right. The place of the skull. So, okay, you want to hear some fringe stuff? Sure. We'll talk about it for like two seconds because it's, it's, you know, fringe. So like I said, I just said, Adam was supposed to be pretty freaking big. So a lot of people are saying like, you know, this mount of skull, the, the hill, it was a hill, small mountain, whatever, you know, that Adam was buried there and here to say that he was buried there. And this place was the this place of the skull. And it's because uh, he was, it was Adam that was there. You know, and and then when you go and you look at it, what was on the mountain? What were they using the mountain for later on when, in Jesus' time? They were killing people there. They were killing people there, right? So if the Nephilim, Nephilim, uh, Nephilim or the fallen were still in charge, isn't that a way to defile Adam's body over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again? Spilling blood on top of the, the land Correct. that he was buried in, right? Right. And not only that, whose blood is that? That's the sons of God, right? The descendants of Adam being murdered over and over and over and over on top. On top of him. Correct. So they're defiling him. So in, in, in essence, you know, um, I will say that uh, the war was lost for the major, or the bat- many battles were lost against the fallen. 
you know, they turned humankind into what it is today and all this. That's why, you know, you have these preachers that are like, we live in a world of iniquity, you know, and all these passions that are unchecked and sin everywhere, you know, and then people talk about, well, you know, we look at um, Holy Mountain. And he said, these, these are thieves like you, but worse, you know, and these were fallen mm-hmm. angels that were corporate and all this. That's what they became because now that's what the gods are now. You know, now before it used to be countries and now we don't even have countries, bro. We have corporate. Corporate is running America. Corporate is feeding the military machine. And however you want to look at it, oh, it's a good thing. Oh, it's a bad thing. I don't care what your stance is on it. It's happening. However you view it, whatever side of the coin you want to look at and say that you're on it and that's the good reason and the reason why I'm on it and I'm righteous, whatever, you're most likely wrong. And I'll turn right to the other person who goes, yeah, they're wrong. You're wrong too, buddy. We're all wrong. We're all being lied to. We're all fighting over a story that's completely wrong. So none of us have a chance to to get to that. Um, so there's JBZ03 just uh, wrote in the chat. That reminds me of a quote. The method of science, the aim of religion. And my friend, that's a cool quote. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give one right back to you. Uh, I'm going to give you a H.P. Blavatsky quote. There is no religion higher than truth. And I have found that no matter where my, my crazy life and all my studies takes me and all my travels, okay, everything I learn, magic, religion, rituals, all these things, I go and I practice them, I learn them, ins and outs, and memorize them and all these things. That one small sentence, there is no religion higher than truth. Um, I, I keep talking about these uh, self-checking truths, and this is one of them. No matter how you look at it, truth will always be right because it's the truth, no matter if it's wrong, which is weird because it's a conundrum in itself. So good quote, man. Um, and then there's uh, Derek Craig uh, also wrote here, inbreeding was popular in many of the ruling classes in Europe. Um, not just in Europe, um, all, all over. Um, this was specifically due to the kingship, when the kingship or the emperorship, whatever you want, the ruling class was put in place, it was from the seed of a god. So you had Oannes, who was a fish-headed god that would love to come out of, <laughs> out of the ocean and find a fair young maiden, a princess who just happened to be waiting for him, laying on the beach. And he'd go and he'd make love to her and say, you, you give birth to a king, you know, to all this. And then, you know, in the end, really what it is, is, is they put in a ruler to rule over humans that the, the king had the blood of the god because they would come and say, Who, where's my blood? Where's my blood? And this is where we get the, the term blue blood, right? The royal blood. Well, we have red blood. Um, there are some things to believe that the uh, Anunnaki had blue blood. Um, and this is uh, the royal blood. Well, I think maybe a little interesting, I guess, fact, I think, is that our blood is actually blue until oxygen hits it. Then right. it turns red. And it's oxidized. <laughs> right. Um, that's why our, our veins are blue. Yeah. Um, but I think that they, this literally, they, it was like, 
It didn't oxidize. Their blood was different. And so it didn't oxidize into red. And that's why it would stay blue. Or it just, it was a different process within their body or something. Well, when Maybe. they bled, it was blue because they weren't from here. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. The atmosphere was different. They, yeah. they talk about how they, they complained about the atmosphere and they were getting nauseous. Not, yeah, yeah. Nauseous. The, the, the planet was spinning too fast. Yeah, yeah. Different rotations. Right, stuff right, like that. right. Yeah, it'd be a difference of, you know, you're standing on something that's like a mile wide that's spinning. You're going to throw up versus something that's the size of the planet to us. You know, it's, it's a, we don't see it turn. So um, on the way to Golgotha or before Golgotha, um, Shem takes Melchizedek and calls him priest of the Most High. So God now named Melchizedek priest of the Most High. As they took Adam the body. to Golgotha, mm-hmm. when they got there and his his coffin touched the rock, the rock split. Yeah, it broke. Yeah, and Melchizedek wore a tunic of skin and a leather girdle, and angel always dwelt with him to protect him and gave him food. So Melchizedek was always. I think Melchizedek was different as well. He wasn't like anybody else. He was he was very different because later on we hear stories about John the Baptist who trained with him. Yeah, and then we we hear stories about Jesus who learned from that order. John the order Baptist, of Melchizedek, right, right, right. All, all that stuff. So, well, this order started here. Mm-hmm. So that order most likely would be the Quam, the Quamran uh, community or the Essenes. Um, they call themselves the sons of God, and they were a direct lineage. And uh, what they would do, they would sit there and scribe over and over and over and copy down lineages to make sure that they still had a direct lineage. Um, just to give some context to people out there who the Quran community or the Essenes would be, um, it's where Jesus went to dwell for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. Um, they called it the wilderness because they wanted to get away from the temple um, and all of the city folk and prostitution and gambling and murders and it's city life. So they went out to the country, to the wilderness, to go do prayers. This was a common practice. So when he went for 40 days, it, people make it seem like, oh, my God, he's so cool. He just decided up and I'm going to leave for 40 days. Everybody did that. Anybody who wanted to become a religious figure or study, if you were just a scribe or the guy who took out the poop bucket, you had to go do that. Otherwise, you couldn't be there. They wanted to see if you can give up your vices. Can you give up smoking, the opium, or whatever was there, prostitution, the good food, or and all the, 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 the things, that, the luscious things that the city life gave to you? You know, because when they go out there to the Essene community, you know, you're living in, in a, a mud-walled building and it was a hard life um you can actually go and there's a lot of things written on this and and this i studied a lot and i've actually seen the um the dead sea scrolls the dead sea scrolls were written by these guys a lot of them um and i've got to see the dead sea scroll of the sons of light versus the sons of darkness um i was blessed enough with being being able to go there and physically see it in person um i'm not gonna lie i put my face in the glass (laughs) because <laughs> I mean, it's a Dead Sea Scroll, man. The hell are you gonna be next to that thing again? And nobody was there seeing it. They're seeing some stupid French paintings. I 
Possibly. No. Possibly. The glass Why? is really thick too. Like it was like yeah, bulletproof yeah, glass, yeah. but it was right underneath it. And um, the guard was like, "You're the only one here looking at this thing." Everyone's here for some French paintings from mid so mid, mid like ages. Yeah. People looking at this thing then. Uh, who? <laughs> okay, so I went and saw this thing. It was super cool. So that's most likely what he did. So uh, Melchizedek most likely was more like Seth. So there's these individuals in the lineage that pop up that seem to be more holy. They're more like Adam for some reason. And it seems to skip when you look at it. So I've gone with Borough Groves and handwritten down the lineage of Jesus. And he begat, 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 and he begat. It's, it sucks. Don't do it. Um, but when you do it, every once in a while, it's like, and he was more like Adam than the rest. Or he was favored from God more than the other ones. Like, why? It's like every, I want to say, I don't know, Borrow Grows, if you remember, if you remember that specific integral detail about that lineage thing that we did, I think Burrow Grows had like, Nine pages hanging on his wall that he handwritten. Wow. Yeah. Guy does some work. That's why he's my friend. What? Yeah, he's a hermit. He has weird stuff. Um so yeah. I think he was more like Seth. Um, was he hermaphrodite? I, I don't know. That gene's there, right? It's being passed down. I don't know the details on how it gets passed down and that gene is activated, know, but, you know. It's like the web is- feet. Or the, or the tail, you know? It's every so many generations. Or Maybe something. that was the distinguisher when he was born. They saw that. Like, oh. Right. You're like... You're and then they make him whole... Yeah, like, they, 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 foc- they focalize on him, yeah. Uh, Burrow goes, yeah, I remember, but I lost it in the move. Oh, you lost the papers. Great. Oh, just do it over, man. <laughs> it didn't take you that long. Start all over. Yeah, okay. it took him a long time. Um, um, so, they're so- at the... Gogotha. They're there. It cracks. Um, I think it cracks because they kind of know what's going to happen in the future. Not the people that are bringing it there, but the body and the earth. And and the earth, again, when it's being buried there, it cracks, I think, because it ate uh, Abel. And now it's like, damn, you put Adam up in here, and I was in trouble before. Like, the rant that God does towards the earth is like crazy. I'll make you barren. And when I drank up the blood, right? Yeah. When I drank up the blood. Um, uh, thank you, Burrow Groves. Yes. He says, he'll get right on that. I can't wait to show you guys a, a picture of it. If I can get a good picture. Cause it's a little bit taller than me. Um, so I think that's where like after Shem and Melchizedek, that's where we end it. Right. I mean, there's, there's a, some other things. I mean, yeah. we could go all the way through the Bible. No, 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 no. <laughs> but no, I mean, no, it no. doesn't, you know, for for what we got going on, this is, this is it. Unless you have anything else you want to touch on. Was was there things. more on those eight cities that you guys wanted to talk about? No, the, the eight was just, uh, I believe it was his, the eight people that were on the ark. Oh, I thought you had there mentioned something eight, about about some cities or something. The eight, the eight yeah. cities, yeah. The one one was Enoch. The first city he built was Enoch, correct? Let's see, on the ground, they built a city 
called the name thereof Thermanon, eight, after the name of the eight souls who had gone forth from the ark. Are you Noah talking about built the... an ark altar and offered upon it offerings of beasts that were clean and feathered? Al, God was appeased. Right, no split huff. No. Hmm. So that, yeah, that's that's all we have for so that th- city. Those cities were built after the ark. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Then. So yeah, they went out. There was because there were still city states that were out there. Because we you know we went into Nimrod. We talked about Nimrod and all that. Yeah. So that's where that's where we go next. Um, after after this, it goes into I believe. Uh, where are you? Nimrod, the fire worshipper. And Yontan, the son of Noah. So I believe we, we did cover Nimrod pretty deep, right? We did. Um, but this, yeah, well. We didn't cover Tubal Cain, but. Yeah. Well, if you want to cover Tubal Cain, go for it. Jump yeah. on it. All right. Well, uh, Tubal Cain. So Tubal Cain um, is the grandson of. Cain. He's one of the great great grandsons. Um, so Tubal Cain means Cain's spices, which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, he was a king of Ur, most likely. Um, in Genesis four twenty two, um, he it says that he's known for being the first blacksmith, the forger of all instruments of bronze or brass and iron. Um, so Cain's spices. Uh, he was called this because he seasoned and improved the work of Cain. So he went and he studied everything and learned everything, you know, and then he started to do this. Um, most likely he was a chemist as well because of the blacksmithing. It, they go hand in hand. Um, so most likely he lived in Turkey. Um, he's the father of Lamech. I mean, his father is Lamech. And his mother was Zilla. And everyone's like, Lamech, wait a minute, we just talked about that. Just give you guys a rundown. It goes Cain, Enoch, Cain's line, okay? Cain, Enoch, Irad, Mahalayul, Methuselah, um, Lamech, and then Tubal Cain. And then Tubal Cain has brothers, Jabal and Jubal. That may sound familiar to mm-hmm. a few people. So it's Jabal. Jubal, and then Tubal is Yabal. So we get these three brothers um, that are evil, basically, in the site of, you know, uh, Seth's line. So, and they do workings and metals and all kind of sciences and stuff like that. So that leads credence to a whole lot of stuff. And Tubal Cain was really big in Masonic lore. Um, after all this stuff, and so was Nimrod. So they were kind of interchangeable because he was the first blacksmith and first alchemist, most likely. Um, so just to break it down really quick, Jabal means a mountain or which glides away. So this could be in reference to some people say the tectonic plates that were moving around at this time because you had continents that were still moving. You know, con- continents were... Um, still moving around or they were close to each other closer i would say and then excuse me jubal means a ram's horn 
Um, some people also say that Jabal meant the ram and that Jubal was his younger brother. But it gets, you know, every time you read something different, it's the other brother was the older one. No, the other one was the younger one. They can't really clarify on that. But Jabal means the ram and Jubal means the ram's horn. So I would assume he's the younger brother. Fun little facts. And then Jabal basically was the maker of the harp and pipes. And uh, Jubal basically did the same thing. He did other types of instruments. I believe wind, like flutes and stuff like that. Pretty cool. But um, that's that's what I got. And then just to break it down, Lamech had two wives. He had Ada, who had given birth to Jabal and Jubal. And then Lamech and Zilla had Tubal Cain. Um is pretty cool because he goes and he has a kid with Zilla and then he becomes Tubal Cain becomes a famous one and the other ones are not so that's that's what I got for Tubal Cain man he does a bunch of cool stuff there's Tubal Cain's fire if anybody knows about that about blacksmith blacksmith blacksmithing or alchemical blacksmithing that's the the green fire coming up with um with Marcus With Marcus. Yeah. If you guys want to get caught up on a future episode that we will be doing, caught up on the person we'll be interviewing, his name is Troll Cunning Forge on Instagram. Um, Please look up him. Look him up. Um, I met him while I was doing a traditional witchcraft class at the Green Man. And um, I walked out of my class was waiting to shut down the store with Griffin and a few other people, a few other witches, uh, while we were talking about stuff. And uh, I walked out, and we were just standing next to each other and kind of looked at each other, and I was like, what do you do? And he goes, I do blacksmithing. I go, it's cool, so two-ball canes fire? He goes, okay, we should talk. <laughs> he goes, just the fact that you know what two volcanoes fire is, we can have a conversation. And we just had this amazing conversation. And then Griffin walks out of the back and he goes, that's crazy. I wanted you two to talk. And I walk out and you guys already found each other and talking. So check out Troll Cunning Forge. Um, his name is Marcus. He does really cool stuff. He makes uh, really, items. Really, really cool stuff. He makes amazing things. Um, yeah, he's he's. There's amazing people that are out there that I post all the time for people to check out on my story. Uh, he's probably one of the ones I show the most. I like his work. Um, is he the best one out there? Nobody's the best one out there. It's a it's the best one for you. If you want to purchase his products, go purchase his products. He makes really cool stuff. If you have ingredients that you want imbued in a magical item, he will do that for you. He can make them. He does do commissions. Um, I know he's busy. He's working with Netflix right now, or was, um, and he worked on a show called Archive 81, which is now out, and it's current. It's a new show from Netflix. So if you guys want to go see some of his handiworks in Netflix, you can go watch a show called Archive 81, and he made the ritual objects in the show. So yes, we will have Marcus on at a future date, and we will be talking about alchemical blacksmithing what it is, what it does, and how to do it. Right on. So I believe we're towards the end of this this series of, you know, the Cave of Treasures. Correct. Three, three shows in. And um, I want to hear from our, from our listeners. 
what else in the Bible do you want us to cover? Put that in our comments and uh, shoot us some DMs. Also, um, talk about it on the Discord. I'm in Discord too, every yeah. day, man. You guys pop up after. in there. He's always there. Always. He's always there. I just have an alert. It <laughs> alerts me every time. He set up a tent. He's camping. He's camping there. I'm just waiting so, for people um, to answer my questions because I'm lonely. Do you guys have any shout outs you want to give out? Go ahead, yeah. James. Uh, Troll Cunning Forge. What's up, Marcus? Uh, I want to give out shout out to Troll Cunning Forge. Uh, who else? Green Man, A Crooked Path, Pans Apotheca, Points of Light to my, my true love, Rhapsody. Hello, Rhapsody. Um, I want to give a shout out to the people that study with me. I want to give a shout out to all the fans that are out there that are doing their thing to separate themselves from the herd and to find out things of, on their own and sound their own two feet. I applaud you. Keep doing it. Um, please hook us up with things that you guys want to see, hear, learn about in Discord, Instagram, whatever you guys want to do. And just all the fans that are continuing to support us, all the brothers that are out there, all the lodges that we frequent. What's up? That's all I got. I'll hop in real quick and do my usual thank you to all the listeners, all the viewers, all of our fans. Um, without you, this literally would not be possible. Um, as usual, I do my shout out to each and every person out there trying to be a better version of yourself tomorrow than you were today. Keep it up. You're doing great. Um, out to the brothers at um, Montebello Whittier Lodge 323. The brothers at Channel Islands um, 214. 219? I always forget their number. I think it's 219. 219. It is 219. Yeah, 219. Oxnard Lodge, I believe it was 341. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 341. So, um, what's up, guys? Um, also, just any brothers out there listening, um, I will be getting my second degree on the 14th. Whoop, whoop. So, you're invited. Come through. Come through, man. Montebello Whittier Lodge. Yeah. It's going to be a fun night. we got a good amount of people coming. So um, if you're going to go, just make sure you let the secretary know. Lodge 323. Look them up on Instagram. They're pretty good on, on DMs and answering back. Yeah, Check they're, they're, they're we'll on it. We'll see you there. Yeah. We'll see you there next we Thursday. We will be there supporting our brother Brian. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I got uh, Pan America Lodge. My brother's... Eddie G, Castellanos, Sermeno. Uh, big shout out to Gomora for you know coming on on a on a show I did by myself, and it was fun. It was a good time. It was it was interesting to say the least. Uh, just want to say thank you to all our followers and and the people that you know watch our show. Uh, we appreciate you very much, very much, and thank you. And that's all I have. So um, thanks for tuning in. However you're watching this, comment below and let us know what your favorite part of the show is. For questions regarding the show, content ideas, booking inquiries, or just simply to say hello, visit the contact page at keepersoftheword.net. That's it for today. Over and out. Peace. Later.